Good morning, football fans. Good afternoon, good evening, whenever, wherever you're listening. We got some breaking news. Blake Sorensen and Justin Dunbar back with another episode of the Inside Leverage podcast. Holy crap, Carson Wentz just got traded. Two, the one team that I thought was not going to trade for Carson Wentz unless they were given like a sixth or something along those lines to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, we're going to talk about this first. Later on in the podcast, we have our rookie team of the year to talk about. We're going to go through that really quick because, you know, usually podcasts are on Friday, but I wanted to get this stuff out while, you know, Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts are trending on Google Trends. Yeah, I am doing it for the views. Um, No, but seriously, I wanted to get this breaking news out to you guys relatively before you're watching all the mainstream stuff because I think – they kind of have a different viewpoint than what Justin and I are coming in here with. And even Justin and I view just slightly differently about this. You know, we're on the same page, but I have a a couple things where it's, I can see it panning out. I just don't like it at all. I'm not sold on the idea that Carson Wentz is an above average quarterback. I don't think he's some top 10 guy. And if you look at what they traded for, you know, the third and most likely going to be a first round pick. I just don't like it. You know, I I really am not vibing with this deal whatsoever. Yeah. um, I'm not a fan of it at all. Some notes though. uh, Carson Wentz is cuttable after 2022. They're going to incur. I I think they free up like 19 million and incur a cap hit of like 15. But okay. One thing on that, if you're already, if you're trading for a guy already thinking about, Oh, when can he be cut? Don't trade for him. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But just a little bit of a, a silver lining. I don't like it because you probably could have given this stuff up to move to about 12 or 13 and get Mac Jones. I mean, you really could have. And I, I'm not entirely Are sure. you kidding? A, a pick that's probably going to be a first-round pick anyway? You, I mean, you could have gone up even further. Exactly. Because, the, like, I'm not entirely sure that over the next two years, Mac Jones – like, I'll give – Carson Wentz next year. I'm, I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was the year prior, but, and then it's going to be Mac Jones's rookie year. I'm not sure after two years, which is when the Colts can make a decision about Carson Wentz. I'm not sure that Mac Jones won't be a better quarterback by then. I, I'm pretty sure the big three are, are uh, well, one of them just, you know, law of large numbers. One of them is probably going to be a bust. One of them is probably going to be great. One of them is probably going to be mediocre. Just stuff happens. You know, I think every single option in the draft, even Trey Lance. Look, Trey Lance, yes, he has high volatility and variability. You're going to a good organization, Trey Lance. It's just, what, did they not want him? Like, what was their thinking? I don't know, because now you got to pay this guy the money, right? I much would rather have given up the draft capital to move up and get a guy who you have cheap for the next, what, four and possibly five years. I don't know how those fifth fifth year options work isn't it kind of like arbitration in baseball where if you're good it's a lot more no i think it's just set based off where you get picked there might be some escalate incentives in there but i'm pretty sure it's mostly just based off of where you get picked i think it has to do with position too a little bit i don't know but yeah i don't know about that but you're you're getting this guy for cheap over the next couple of years Uh, i really don't know if any of the guys they could have traded up for mac jones and trey lance most notably I, i think it would have been about the same compensation one, they have better futures. Two, they probably have better upsides, especially Trey Lance. And three, I don't think their floor, I mean, Trey Lance, asterisk there. Just put an asterisk next to Trey Lance whenever I mention his name because, whoa, you, this guy could be playing in the XFL in two years or he could be the next Mahomes. We don't know. Trey Lance just 
huge asterisk there. But Mac Jones, I think Mac Jones has a better floor, probably a better ceiling because we've seen this Carson Wentz model that everybody is going to be talking about today. Everybody's going to be talking about it today and through the weekend. Remember, they're getting pretty much former MVP. If he doesn't tear his ACL, he's going to be an MVP. Okay, there's a lot of bad guys who have played at high levels before. Nick Foles won a freaking Super Bowl. Let's not forget that. Bad guys have done good things before for stretches of games. I, maybe you can pull up the numbers. I don't remember him being super elite, right? And we've talked about it multiple times on this podcast. He was good in places where you're probably not going to continuously be good throughout your career. Didn't he have some insanely, insanely like over Rodgers and Mahomes level of big time throws? I don't know what his, his turnover worthy plays were for that season, but even in the year where he was elite and at this high level, there's still a lot of flaws in his game. And we've seen Carson Wentz isn't going to be elite to serviceable, right? He's not Dak Prescott. He's not trying to think of another one. Like Kirk Cousins, maybe you could throw that name in there. But when Carson Wentz is bad, we see saw he could completely tank an entire team last year. I mean, mind you, it wasn't spectacular the whole time. Although I, I will say, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Indianapolis, right? I don't think I, maybe Kansas really? City. Really? Is it going to be Indianapolis? Because be. I'm not I'm not looking at Indianapolis and like, whoa, look at these playmakers. I mean, it's not like I – think, I, think, I think Frank Reich's a good coach. I do think that we've overrated Indianapolis. Like, oh, they're the perfect spot for everyone. No, like I, if they were the perfect spot for anywhere, maybe they would have schemed up decent quarterback play over the past two years. I think you, you'll have Pittman. You'll have um, – shit. Pittman, I'm, I'm yes. hoping. And, and all these guys you're going to name are one. great. The bar at wide receiver is much greater than Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell. I think they take a wide receiver at 21, and I think it's going to be one of Rondell Moore. Okay, now you're relying on a rookie. Rookie receivers produce, man. Yeah, Jalen Rager was pretty good this year. Jalen Rager is horrible. Henry Ruggs Everybody knew Jalen Rager was horrible coming in. Nobody like, really because a lot of like smart-minded um, people in the draft community, a lot of like analytical minds, their models really liked Rager. Okay, then what about Henry Ruggs? What happened to Henry Ruggs? I don't know. I just what happened to what Jerry Judy wasn't lighting the world on fire this year. Jerry Judy was one of the better rookie receivers this year, probably. Who was and but really? then look at the guys who produce. How are you like? I get that a, a couple guys okay, don't do but, good, but then you yeah, look at Ayuk, you look yeah, but, at Jefferson. Okay, that's so cool. The Colts, that doesn't mean, like, the Colts guy is going to produce just because one other guy produced. Like, it could be that whoever the Saints take at 28 or the, I don't know, the Packers take at 29 ends up being the one who hits. It's like well, well, the Packers are taking a linebacker at 29. Come on. Okay, well. You didn't get no, the memo? Linebacker? Yeah. We're taking Kyle Trask, baby. <laughs> So they can so they can move uh, Jordan Love for a third rounder. You got to build that quarterback pipeline in the first round. I know it's like you got to get uh, as many you know line them up. Like you have a pitching staff at quarterback is what Green Bay wants. But again, I don't think Indianapolis is going to be phenomenal with Carson Wentz, and I think they might be exactly the same thing. Like, are we one thousand percent sure? I know we, me and you, are not. I'm just talking as a football community. Are you at home? You listening? Do you think that Carson Wentz is going to come in here and play better than Phillip Rivers? I don't. I don't necessarily – like, people are acting like Carson Wentz is going to come in here and 
return to that like stretch that he had in, I don't know, 2017. I don't even know if he's going to be better than what Phillip Rivers was this year for them. And I think that's a real question that we need to be talking about. And I haven't seen anywhere else bring up that point at all. Nobody has been like, are we even sure this is a legit upgrade? You know, I would have much rather have had them trade for Hertz, man. Hertz, you at least get the legs. You at least get the cheap salary. And you probably could have gotten away with a second and then a conditional fourth that moves up into a third. I think that would have made a lot of more. I think they went for the wrong quarterback on the, the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, I would take Hertz over Wentz right now like any day of the week. And I just don't think Wentz is going to be good at all. Like, I think he's going to be in that same range that Jared Goff is. I think he is Jared Goff. Really? I think he's Jared Goff that when you put him in a system that a toddler could freaking play in, he might have a little bit of success. He might. I don't think he does. I like <laughs> every I, I've seen so many people saying that Indianapolis, oh, you got you got Jalen Hurts for a bag of potato chips, maybe because he's only worthy of a bag of potato chips. Oh, like everybody's like, oh, yes, we got Wentz. Indianapolis, they're going to push Kansas City now. I was saying that that Indianapolis was a quarterback away from just bending the NFL over and making making them, you know, the king. They're going to be the king. Not anymore. Not with that's not gonna happen with Carson Wentz. You know what's gonna happen with Carson Wentz? Eight and eight. Oh, he's bad now? Four and twelve. Oh, he had a good season. We'll go thirteen and three and lose to Kansas City because our quarterback can't keep up with him. Oh, and when you go four and twelve, uh the Eagles will have your first round pick. Uh, although that Eventually. is something that I I kind of think that Indianapolis can get out of that because if they play halfway through the season and they're looking at like one and seven. Oh, yeah, you got to bench him at that point. Take a like, to... time. Yeah, I see, and that's the one thing that I trust about Indianapolis. They're not going to be like, all right, Carson, we're just going to play you. Like, Indianapolis put that in there for a reason, I think. But, again, why – like, when you trade for a quarterback, you shouldn't have this in the back of your head that we may need to bench him by week eight. We may need to rock with somebody else. That shouldn't be in your head when you're trading for this quarterback, when you're in a win-now mode, right? We can, Don't even compare this – to the Jared Goff move for the Lions. Completely different story. You know, these are two completely oh, different No, we can because Jared Goff is probably a similar caliber quarterback, though Wentz on a similar contract, and Goff was put in there to get extra draft capital. The Lions yeah. took him to, like, get more. Get that, yeah. And, and again, like, we praised the Lions for that. I was like, yeah, good job, except for Jared Goff is absolute crap. But this, uh, completely different for Indy. Completely different. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's just, it's rough for a team that I was really excited for their future. Who knows? I, I, even if he's bad, I'm excited to see it. I, I, I can 1000% say that I am excited to see whatever the hell is going to go on in Indianapolis because, you know, he's either going to be horrendously bad or good. I don't think there's going to be a middle ground with Carson Wentz though. You know, I don't yeah, think. And, and finally, like, cause this guy has gotten excuses like his whole yeah. time as a quarterback. That's going to be, it's, a, it's, yep. it's about time to like, yep. they, like if you screw up here, you're not, there are no excuses. That, cause like, what is, what can Carson Wentz truthers say now last year he was bad. It doesn't like, you can tell when a guy is bad with who he plays with. You know, when you just watch him play, you can tell that dude absolutely sucks. That was Carson Wentz last year. I think he had probably one or two games that was even worth a damn. One of which was the Pittsburgh game that I watched a little bit of. Still didn't look, nothing popped really, except for that one deep ball to Arcega Whiteside. 
that ended up not resulting in anything because they had horrible clock management. It's it's like Wentz has no more excuses, so it's going to be fun to watch him, and it's also going to be fun to watch him if he sucks to see what he has to pull out of his ass. Because Carson Wentz is not a guy who's going to come in here and uh, play. All right, he's not going to be like, okay, you know, I'm playing bad right now. Got to suck it up. Nope, nope. You we've seen Carson Wentz over the last couple of weeks just just cry and moan and do all this stuff. It's going to be fun to watch when he doesn't have an excuse. Like, well, like I'm trying to think into the future. What is our excuse going to be? All five of your linemen got hurt. Okay. Maybe Frank Reich um, dies in a plane accident. Okay. I could see that. That's a, that's a pretty decent excuse. Um, all your wide receivers catch COVID. Well, hopefully we're not worrying about COVID next year. So the odds of all these things happening for you, Carson Wentz are like none. I don't like what, can you see an excuse for once next year other than plane accidents? I mean, I could see the rest of, like, the offense playing bad because of him, and it gets blamed on the rest of the offense. I mean, Which let's just no think sense. about this. Jalen Rager, we were just talking about a second. You know what? It's kind of interesting that Jalen Rager's production just suddenly, like, went, like, way up Hurts. when Jalen Hurts yep. took over. Yeah, doesn't seem like an excuse – or it doesn't seem like a coincidence, I should say. Yeah. I The, the thing with Wentz in Indianapolis that – that scares me is what did they think? Like what went through their head to be like, yeah, I think we can make that work. And even if they went like, I don't even necessarily mind so much getting once if you sent a fourth, if you sent like just a fourth, maybe then I have a complaint about it, but you're still keeping some capital to be like, okay, we'll go ahead and, um, you know, take Mac Jones at 21. They would have done if they would have done that. The problem is though they gave up all that capital in that that two to three range over the next two years. I mean, and you may be thinking of like a third and a potential first for a starting quarterback in the NFL. Cool. If he sucks, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It, it, starting quarterback in the NFL. Blake Bortles started for a couple of years. Christian Ponder started for a couple of years. Who else? Ben DiNucci started for a couple of games this year. It doesn't just because you're a starting quarterback in the NFL doesn't mean that you should be going for a shit ton. If you're bad, you're bad. I'm pretty sure we've seen enough from Carson Wentz to see he is not elite. And that's that's kind of the problem that I run into. You traded for a yeah, guy I'm, who might I be completely the, agree. The, the 13th, 14th best quarterback in the league. You know um, what? At his, at like before this season, he I think he was roughly the 15th or 16th best quarterback. Like he's a mid-tier guy, so – and that's before, and that was before this happened, right? So, yes. like, you're probably looking at the 20th. Yeah, because at least with guy like Stafford, I can get behind Stafford. I, I think he's going to be a top six, seven quarterback this year. I think Stafford's going to come in and blow the, the stuff out the building. Carson Wentz, the, the sad thing is, Carson Wentz gives me no hope of, like, yeah, Indy, Indy's going to come in here and turn him back into, into what he was for a couple games one year. No. No, I think it's going to be a brutal ride for once in Indianapolis. And I feel bad for any Indianapolis fan because you guys have like assembled just a nice squad. You've kept the money open. You've done everything you can. How, what does their salary look like now with Wentz on the books? Are they, are they pretty? They still, they're still top five. Like they still have 40 mil, but you got to remember, like they got to pay Nelson soon. They're like, their guys are starting to get to that great draft class. They had It's starting to get expensive. Like not having the, first round pick is going to be something that hurts particularly since you could have just spent this year's first 
on a quarterback potentially gone the rookie deal and then like you have all this extra cap space and next year's first potentially still there and if you had to move next year's first to get the quarterback at least you then like you're not worrying about it from a financial standpoint you cannot do the DeForest Buckner trade and then do this trade yeah it it makes you know the money and the, the thing that really is the more I think about it and the more it just rubs me the wrong way, because I'm, I'm kind of a Colts guy, right? I've been on these guys for a while now. I just, the money part rubs me the wrong way and the compensation. You could have used this to move into probably the top 10-ish. You know, maybe you needed to throw in a, an extra second. If I'm getting Justin Fields, I don't give a shit. I would have given up a million seconds for him. <laughs> like, ah, that, and this is something that is completely like probably what they would have needed to move up to get Trey Lance or Mac Jones. And I I just hate it. I absolutely hate it. Yeah. I mean, you're trading for the guy, the Carson ones who, Oh, look at him. Like, look at this guy with an MVP trophy. I mean, in all seriousness, are we even sure Carson Wentz next year is going to outperform Marcus Mariota? I don't think so. I'd much rather have just sent a third for Marcus Mariota. That's the thing. And now we're talking now and Carson Wentz could come out here and, play hot but even then i'm still gonna always look back on it and be like yikes See, the, the thing that i get but i don't get it because i don't think he's good is if carson Wentz comes in here and plays like a top six or seven quarterback and then you have him for what 24 26 ish million for the next four years yeah but that doesn't even justify it because that's just grading a trade in in hindsight right exactly. like that's yeah that's why i'm like that's the only thing that makes sense about it and i don't see it happening you know, it's like, I just don't see it happening. The yeah, only- no, I, it's, it's a joke, to be honest. It's brutal. And now, let's turn the focus to Philly. Howie Roseman, dude. Don't know how the hell you did it. You were smoking some crack for a while there trying to get two first for him. I, yeah, I don't know what, you know, you guys have in Philadelphia. Maybe you're in Oregon now where all recreational drugs are free, but I don't know. You were on something for a while there, Howie Roseman. But... I love this compensation for you. Even I'm not, I'm not even going to say this thing turns into a first. We're just going to assume it stays at a second. And I'm still walking away like, good job, because you've gotten a, it's a third this year, second slash first next year, correct? That's what it is? Yeah. How are they stacked up this year? Were they missing any draft picks, or are they just added another third to the, to the list? As far as I know, they just added an extra third-round pick. Okay, okay, all right. I like it for Howie Roseman. It's going to be an interesting draft for him because you were talking about them potentially moving up from six to get one of the quarterbacks, right? Yeah. I mean, there's no reason to settle at all at the quarterback position ever. And I love Jalen Hurts, but like if Justin Fields does not go second overall, like you would, anyone would be crazy to not like go up and get, I mean, the Dolphins would be crazy not to draft them at three if Justin Fields got the three. Yeah, Justin Fields. All three of those dudes are freaking menaces. The thing that I hate is now everybody wants to compare them. And we can talk about this news about uh, that I find kind of goofy. And I, when I was talking about it yesterday, I actually came up with a really good analogy for Justin Fields. Um, some pe- But first, we'll talk about Philly. Philly, yes, if Fields falls to three, even if Wilson falls to three, man, I am okay with moving up from six to three to get that quarterback. And then think about this you can still send Jalen Hurts somewhere to recoup some of that capital that you're moving. You know, when you're moving from six to three, you're probably going to need 
what, a second, a second, and a third? Isn't that what Indianapolis got when the Jets moved up for Darnold? Something along those lines? Yeah, and that was an overpay based off of all accounts. So I don't even think it would take that. And the other thing you can do with Hurts is you could just let him play this year. Yep. Um, and see you. if his stock goes up. Right, right. Because Jalen Hurts is no slouch, right? He, he has a unique skill set where – I'm okay building an offense around him over some guys in the league, right? Like if you told me, Blake, take Jared Goff or Jalen Hurts, I'm taking Jalen Hurts any day. There's a bunch of guys in that middle tier that I'm taking Jalen or over taking Jalen Hurts over. Sorry. I had to think about how to phrase it just because of the legs and the ability to throw a football. That's a lot more than some guys have like Jimmy G give me Jalen Hurts every day. But so you have some value there with a guy, in my opinion, you don't, I would much rather move into three because I feel like all three of these quarterbacks are generational talents and insane, like not generational talents, but if we're looking at any of the year, they're probably considered a number one overall pick. These guys are studs. So Philly's in a solid spot. You have a lot of draft capital now, uh, possibly a first next year. Loved what Roseman did. And it's really a smart move because I think he realizes what's going on. It's passing of the guard. Uh, Howie Roseman's problem, in my opinion, was one, allocating so much funds to the D-line. I still don't understand what the hell the Javon Hargrave signing was, but that's besides the point, was trying to hang on to something that wasn't there. He was like, you know, when guys start to, to bald, if you're watching on the YouTube, you're looking at me, so you know what that looks like. And, and they have that thing where the sides are still there and the middle is gone, and they look like George Costanza from Seinfeld. That's what Howie Rosen was doing for a while. He said, you know, we got to hold on to this Super Bowl roster. We got to hold on to all this. He made all these big signings, made all these deals to try and extend the life of that head of hair that was the Super Bowl run. And it kind of bit him in the ass for a little while and got him on the GM hot seat. With him trading Wentz, getting a decent compensation for him, more than I would have given. So I'm already giving him a huge thumbs up, potentially a first next year. He's doing a good job of saying, we got to get this draft capital going. We got to start throwing darts at guys in the draft. He just needs to hit on some of these starts, right? Jalen Rager, it's not over. I mean, Eagles fans are always probably going to have a bad taste because he got picked one pick over Jefferson. That's fine. But Jalen Rager, there's no saying that he still can't become a top 20 wide receiver in the league. It's possible. He has speed. He has some talent. You just got to start hitting on some of the draft picks. And it sucks because the draft pick, like you say, is a crapshoot. And right now he's not hitting any sevens or 11s. So it is tough for Howie Roseman right now, but also – because it is so random, you can't assume that every draft pick is going to be a hit, but you can't assume that everyone's going to be a bust, right? Yes, he picked Dillard in the first round. Still can't really rationalize that. Yes, he picked Rager over Jefferson. Again, he has the speed. He's not going to be horrible, I don't think. Still would have probably taken Jefferson over. Howie Roseman, I think, is doing some solid things to build this future for Philadelphia. And you got to think, at one point, he's going to get a draft pick that hits he's going to get a couple mid-round guys that are solid like he did was it him that got this philly team kind of assembled in that like 2011 to 2013 range that was him that was doing all those drafts right he's been here for a while like he's outlasted a bunch of head coaches like he's been like building this roster yeah and that's you see that with guys it's one amazing draft class that can kind of shift your organization then the problem becomes keeping it we look at indianapolis phenomenal class a couple years ago the saints had that class once you you'll hit on a draft class like that eventually. It's just a matter of when and how you do preserving. So hi, Roseman, crazy thumbs up to you. I thought you did amazing in this trade. Yeah. And I, there was a new app that someone created on Twitter. It's like, you could see like where their draft class ranked and like 
approximate value, which is not the way to look at players. Like, approximate value is really bad. But I went through it, and pretty much I was like, every single team has had, like, a good couple of drafts and then a couple, like, crap drafts. Like, there was no correlation. It really, all you can do is continue to have sound process and do things the right way, and that's what Howie Roseman does. So if I'm an Eagle fan, I'd be really confident in him doing that. Yeah, the problem is, though, just keep his hands out of freaking free agency before he signs another defensive lineman. I still – do you have any rationale for the Javon Hargrave trade? That's going to be – or the the signing. That's going to be one of the just most head-banging moments. They had Malik Jackson. They had Fletcher. I, it still makes no sense to me. Yeah, like you got uh, just like have him investing be, in have, others. Have him be the draft and trade GM and then just have somebody in there to handle free agent stuff. <laughs> have they like when was the last time Philadelphia made a move in free agency that didn't look completely idiotic? You know, Grant Alshon Jeffrey was fine. Oh, Alshon Jeffrey was solid. But then they extended him and then that was yeah. went south. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, keep keep him out him of back in extensions. The day was pretty good. Don't let him extend anybody's contract and don't let him do anything in free agency. He can handle the trades in the draft, get somebody else in there to handle everything. And what did you say? I was saying like Malcolm Jenkins worked out, but like then that went like south. Like there's a lot of like over the last like Deshaun Jackson, that was always kind of a reach. Like there's been a lot of head scratchers recently. Yeah. Um and now I'll shift my focus to this report. Did you hear about this report? You know what I'm talking about? The Zach Wilson one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thousand percent smoke screens. Okay. That's not what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the idea of somebody getting traded over or drafted over Trevor Lawrence. If it's going to be Zach Wilson, no, makes no sense. Because when I look at Zach Wilson, don't get me wrong, Zach Wilson has some talent. You know, it's like I understand that you can do some things well, but I don't think you do a single thing better than Trevor Lawrence. When you're looking at Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, right? It's like, oh, well, uh, Zach Wilson can perform out of the pocket. So can Trevor Lawrence. Oh, Zach Wilson has an insanely good deep ball. Yeah, he does. Don't get me wrong. He might have the best deep ball in this class. Although, again, all three dudes can just launch that thing into tight windows. So do the other two guys. So when I'm looking at um, Zach Wilson, it makes no sense for him to be picked over either one of these two guys. And now people will look at Justin Fields, who the Justin Fields is the most polarizing prospect that I've seen in a while since probably Kyler Murray. Right. A lot of people were torn on Kyler Murray. Should this little uh, short dude. Uh, I don't – can I say midget? Is midget mean? I don't know. But people were calling him a midget. People were like, should we take this dude number one overall? He's like 5'2". Well, it was very divisive. Some people were like, no, he's not that good. Some people were like, yes, he is. The thing that Fields falls into, yes, he had a bad game or two. That Indiana game was rough. My thing with Fields, though, when you draft Justin Fields, you're getting the most athletic quarterback in football outside of Lamar Jackson. And that's saying a lot. Look, love you, Jalen Hurts. Love you, Kyler Murray. You ain't on this dude's level. This dude is a freak. He could probably play wide receiver and be A-OK. He's an insane athlete. He has an, uh, just a spectacular deep ball. You watch him launch that thing versus Clemson. He outperformed Trevor Lawrence on national TV. I don't think it's out of the question for Justin Fields to be taken number one overall. But then detractors will look at it and say, what about these bad games, Blake? What about these just really right, Can I step bad? in for a second? Yeah, go ahead. That has to be the bad games thing is absolutely hilarious when uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of like wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire against Justin Fields. Exactly. Um, Trevor Lawrence also had some 40 grade games in 2019 against bad competition. Like 
Look at Trevor Lawrence's like grades per game. It's not exactly consistency. Justin Fields is much more consistent. Yeah. And like I've heard people like hold the national championship against Justin Fields, where he outgraded Mac Jones. Like, what are we doing? And look, I love Olave. Garrett Wilson, solid. Trey Sermon is solid. Nobody was beating that Alabama God Killer squad. That was the the freaking Avengers and Infinity War right there. You don't touch them. I'm sorry, it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> um, but my point with Justin Fields is, it's kind of like uh, if you play chess. People who play chess can kind of relate to this analogy. If you have an opening, right, you play that opening well. You know, oh, I'll go. I'll move this pawn here. I'll move this here. This here. The problem is if you've played people and that opening works every single time when they switch something up and that opening doesn't work, you're screwed, right? Because you don't know any other openings. You know, you want opening, you're amazing at it. But then when the opening doesn't work, you don't have another thing to fall back on. That's kind of what Ohio state's offense was this year. Ohio state, for the majority of it until the playoffs came and Trey Sermon just turned into Hulk and they were able to just kind of smash the ball down Northwestern's throat. But during that Indiana game, they were flustered because when you have something that has worked for about two years and it stops working, you're not going to have a counter because you didn't plan for it not to work. I don't want to put that on Justin Fields. I don't want to say Justin Fields, man, you had, you had this horrible game. It happens. People have bad games. Oh, we were talking about this, I think on Monday or Tuesday about somebody. I think, yeah, I think we were talking about somebody just bad games happen on Tuesday. It's going to happen. My thing is though, in the NFL, if you're expecting Justin Fields to come in here and play in that simple of an offense and just work everything out, he was tough coming off his reads. Okay, maybe his processors aren't great. You can develop. Like, I will take the best freaking athlete possibly. Oh, athlete and the most athlete. accurate, one of the most yes. accurate, if not the most accurate quarterback in college football history. Yes. PFS finger charting guys. Spectacular. And people just want to light it off. Of, oh, his processors are slow. He can't do this. He can't do that. I. I will never understand all the Justin Fields hate because simply his processors are slow. Can he bust? Yes. Can Trevor Lawrence bust? Yes. Can Zach Wilson bust? Hell yes. You know who has had the same criticisms? Lamar? The guy that every single person wants to trade for right now. Oh, uh, Carson Wentz, right? No, no, no. no, Watson, Watson. Yeah, I was going to say, like, no, Fields. Sorry. No, Carson Wentz is, uh, let's just forget, like, that's, Closer to Trey Lance than anything else. Hey, Trey Lance has upside. Carson. Yeah, Trey Lance can actually Trey Lance can actually uses his mobility for. I was good. about to say Trey Lance can run through somebody. Carson Wentz can run to get tea and crumpets from from the Queen of England. But yeah, my thing is with with Justin Fields, just because he didn't have a counter in one game in his college career to the machine that was unstoppable, and I get yes, the Ohio State offense is simple. That's why when there's problems, it looks a lot worse than it is. Justin Fields is not a bad quarterback. I could totally see uh, a case for him being made to be like, look, we should take this guy over Trevor Lawrence because one Trevor Lawrence, he's a freaking maniac. If you go like he is, don't get me wrong, but I think he's a little bit overhyped and I don't necessarily think that. And when I say that people are going to be like, Blake, you don't think Trevor Lawrence is good. I think he's a maniac. I think he's probably one of the best quarterback prospects that I've seen since luck, but putting him on this untouchable pedestal, right? This guy ain't, this guy ain't perfect. And that's the where I get into the – it's like overrating somebody to 100 from 97 is a lot more than overrating a dude from like 84 to 71, in my opinion. 
when you're at that top and you're overrating him to like greatest of all time layer, that's when it gets excessive. Yeah, that's very well said. And you just get this like, I'm not so sure that the the floor on Justin Fields isn't the highest because we've seen. I know people are going to want to say uh, RG3, right? These mobile guys can bottom out. I mean, RG3 didn't bottom. RG3 bottomed out after his ACL got torn. Exactly. The Washington football team decided to let him continue to play. So exactly. the knee got even more damaged. Exactly. And that's the thing. We're in 2021. It, you're tearing an ACL. It's not the end of your career. Notice how when Joe Burrow tore his ACL – People were not like, of course, everybody's gonna be like, this sucks for Joe Burrow. Nobody was like, Joe Burrow's done. This is the end of his career. He's over. You know, if Lamar Jackson tore his ACL tomorrow, I'm gonna be a little worried. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not gonna think Lamar Jackson's done because we're in 2021. Medicine is Sean Austin has a torn a couple torn ACLs, and it's like, like, I I think if any time to to bank on the floor of a mobile quarterback is now because Watson, Lamar. The thing with Lamar is. Lamar might not be the best, though. You still have one of the better quarterbacks in football because of his uniqueness and his skill that he can run. Just having elite legs on that level, which nobody has Lamar legs, right? Sorry, Kyler. I dissed you a little earlier calling you a midget. You don't have the legs of Lamar Jackson. And people will be like, oh, but Kyler can scramble. You couldn't run the Lamar Jackson offense with Kyler Murray. You know who can run that Lamar Jackson offense? Justin Fields. Justin freaking. And you don't even need to because he's such a gifted passer. Exactly. Like, I don't know. I just... It was kind of rubbing me the wrong way, especially when all these Wilson as the quarterback one reports. I know they're just smokescreen, but it's like, look, if you idiots are going to come up with some some fallacy, at least though Justin Fields is that guy that you're going to take. Yeah, it's falling in love with Mahomes being good, but then seeing all like a lot of the other thing about I hear so much about Zach Wilson. I think uh, in his tight window throws, yeah, you know, part of the pro- reason why Wilson has these tight window throws because he's throwing it in the tight windows. Yeah, like. Like let's we could even get into like decision making and risk taking like third like okay and so like, if you don't have an innovative offensive scheme in today's game you're behind anyway. Yeah. Like, take the just most accurate and most mobile quarterback. I don't yeah. understand why you wouldn't. And again, I'm a huge Wilson guy. I think Wilson is an absolute stud, and that's a problem with these quarterback conversations. You say oh, I think Fields is a little bit better than Wilson. And everybody's like, you think Wilson's that? No, I think Wilson is going to be a great quarterback in this league. I think all three of these guys, I think all five of these guys, this could be the best quarterback class ever. Now, if you were, if there was a bet for that, I'd probably be betting on it. But Eh, 2018. 2018. Uh, 2018, you got what, three? Lamar, Allen. Yeah, but then, yeah, so you're, eh. Well, I can, Mahomes I can and Watson. The guys. thing problem is Mahomes and Watson are just going to always eclipse that forever. Actually, don't sleep on my boy Jay Money, Justin Fields. Don't sleep on Mac Jones. Don't sleep on these fellas. But my thing, it, yeah, I just a little too. Although we got fun stuff for you next week, my safety rankings are going to be coming out on YouTube, so that should be a good checkout. But let's go to team of the year for the rookies. We're going to get through this one quick. Stop me if you have any complaints, fans at home. What do you guys think? What, go ahead. If you're on the YouTube, comment uh, any of your big, you know, gripes with this. Uh, quarterback, Justin Herbert. There should be none there. Uh, look, Joe Burrow, I love you. You play like five games. Um, I think it was more than five. <laughs> Sorry. Running back, I did Antonio Gibson. If you put J.K. Dobbins or uh, J.T., don't mind, but I like the receiving ability. Whoa, 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 whoa. You cannot continue here and not give an honorable mention to my boy, undrafted free agent, James Robinson. 
Yawn. 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 Showed why you don't draft running backs high. But, yeah, I, I you could make a good case that he's close. Um, Gibson missed a couple of games, but I, I would say he's probably the best. And, obviously, Taylor had a much better situation. But yeah. James Robinson was pretty damn good as a receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to rock with Antonio Gibson. I think he was the most uh, elusive, and he has that receiving ability. And he scored a lot of touchdowns. That usually helps when you want to know who the best is. Touchdowns usually help on a base level. No, uh, they don't. That, that, I'm sorry. Like, I love you, Blake. That has the, to be the one of the worst arguments you've ever made. When you're the best receiver in this class from a, from a standpoint, when you miss some of the most tackles – and then I'm going to give you the touchdown argument to put you over you everybody else. No, there is no touchdown argument. There, like everything else you said was perfect, but then you come in here with like the touchdown exactly. argument. So my if you have if far. you have two dudes who are identically the same, I'm gonna be like, okay, he's scoring more. Touchdowns. I, I don't care about touchdowns. Good for, Good for you. If you score more touchdowns and they're exactly the same, if you have like, I'm not saying if uh, Jonathan Taylor dependent. came in here rushed for 2,500, then obviously I got to give it to Jonathan Taylor. If he but scored touchdowns, a- touchdowns are cool for fantasy. Like it's completely dependent. It does not tell you anything about a player. When he was better than everybody else and everything else, and he scored more touchdowns, I'm gonna be like, okay. It's not the, the not- deal breaker for me. But if he saw no, it, I'm just game- saying, I'm just saying you made really good arguments for Gibson, and then you like you bring up like touchdowns, and then I'm like, no. Yeah, man, I like I like when my running back score touchdowns. Don't exactly want him to be scared of the end zone. Uh, wide receivers, Jefferson, Lamb, Ayuk. Could you see anybody else getting in there over these three guys? Um, that's a good question. I mean, it's hard to I, think so, right? I mean, I don't. In my was that a specific order you were mentioning in? Because I would have Ayuk personally over Lamb. No, it wasn't that, really an okay. order. It was just the three. Yeah, I, I mean, it's hard to find another guy. I mean – there's going to be some Claypool love, but he was just too inconsistent. Yeah, didn't he Didn't he score uh, half of his touchdowns in one game against the Eagles? Okay, you yeah. Burned, I don't even know. Darius Slay probably wasn't on him. Who, who's Philly's corner two? Uh, um, oh, uh, I, I know this name. It, it's um, – what's his name? Maddox. Oh, Vontae Maddox. Okay, cool. You, you scored a couple touchdowns out of Vontae Maddox. I'll give you a cookie, Clay Claypool, but you, you don't get on this list. Um, tight end. I put Harrison Bryant here just a little bit for shits and giggles, but he really wasn't that much off from Cole Komet when you looked at the stats and who else, you know, I think Troutman caught a couple passes. Um, that's about, that's about it. Who got passes at the tight end spot this year. Yeah. Keep an eye on Troutman for, for all you fantasy guys next year. Cause looks like he's going to be the starting tight end. Oh yeah. Jared. I, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of him. So. Is it, did Breeze retire or is Breeze coming back? No, Breeze is gone. There's oh. no way. Huh. Did he announce it already? I mean, he already converted. Like, they already did yeah, stuff with the that. cap. Like, yeah. That's, he has like a $1 million dollar cap hit this year or something like that, right? Yeah. So there, I think he's just, I don't know what he's doing actually, but there's no way. Offensive line, this is pretty easy. I wish we could just throw tackles in at every single spot, but we tried to keep it a little accurate. Left tackle, Makai Becton, who I'm, you know, I was wrong about him. I was wrong about him. I was the biggest Makai Becton hater uh, probably on planet Earth, and he ended up being good. Okay, I love you, Makai Becton. You are one of my favorite players to watch. I don't think I dislike you. Right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, best right tackle in football. And then interior offensive line, 
It's an abyss. It's an abyss. Okay, Damian Lewis was a little bit solid. Uh, Michael Owenwu was very good, but I just put him in interior because he played everywhere. And then the other spot from that, I don't know, Jonah Jackson maybe. At least he played 16 games. Ezra Cleveland, although he wasn't particularly good. It was a rough interior offensive line class. But, hey, if you're an offensive lineman guy, like I am myself, you got some badass tackles to watch. So be happy. Yeah, uh, this is precisely why you do not draft for need, particularly at offensive line. Yeah, And, and we're going to get to defense. Look at these guys on the interior. I mean, Cleveland was a second rounder. But when was Jonah Jackson taken? Round four-ish? Later? Three? three? Yeah. Uh, where was Lewis? Lewis was a third as well, right? Yeah, or somewhere. Yeah, I think it was early third round, actually. Yeah, I don't think that their performance and even their upsides – are going to be that much different from guys who were taken in the fifth and sixth round, even taking out Michael Owenwu. You know, when it, when you get into these rounds, especially on the interior, I'd much rather take interior guys later on, you know, with kind of – Yeah, there's been studies that have shown, like, where the drop-off is and, like, the draft from, like, first, second, third round, all that. Interior, if I remember right, was, like, one of the lowest. Yeah. That and, like, linebacker, where it's, like, there's practically no difference between the guys you're drafting in the first round and, like, the fourth round. Yeah. Now tackles are a little different. I don't mind taking like a, a, a Matt Pert because I don't think Matt, you draft Matt Pert on the, the basis of, I think he has upside to play tackle and he's a dev pick. I don't mind those guys kind of in that third to fourth round range of the tackle spot. Don't be taking developmental interior offensive line. And that, well, don't be taking, and don't be taking developmental tackles in the first, right? Like that's yeah, that, that, did you hear Austin all that Jackson. stuff that the Titans are pretty much done with him? They're like, make a choice. Yeah. Now. They said like, he needs to decide if he loves football. I'm like, well, like, dude, like that's a lot of money. You didn't know. Like my thing is we talk about all the off field issues with guys. Like people are crapping on Michael Parsons for whatever reason. You don't notice that stuff in the, the interviews. You know, like you can do, you can run whatever background check you want on a guy. You can't sit down in a room with a guy and kind of figure him out. Maybe you need some FBI profilers or something because apparently GMs cannot do that shit on their own. I know you need it from that guy in draft day. Like maybe you didn't go to his teammates' birthday or no one came to his birthday party. That was it. Nobody went to Isaiah Wilson's birthday party. Edge rushers. Um, Alex Highsmith. And then, huh, I'm trying to think. Was there anybody that was pretty decent at rushing the passer that was a rookie this year? No, don't yeah, think so. Not sure. I think Alex Highsmith was really the only guy deserving. No, Chase freaking Young, the animal, the predator. Interior defensive line, Derek Brown and Raekwon Davis. Uh, Raekwon Davis was what, a uh, mid, a day two or a day three round pick from, from Bama. But yeah, he had a um, – Yeah, I think second round actually. Yeah, he had a really solid year. Linebackers, uh, my number one actually, which might surprise some people, Michael Walker – from the Falcons, just phenomenal in coverage this year. Absolutely great. And really probably the best linebacker as a rookie. And then Isaiah Simmons was the other one. Uh, cornerbacks, Sneed and Dantzler are really the only two guys that deserve it, in my opinion. <laughs> and then you could have thrown in A.J. Terrell. You could have thrown in Trayvon Diggs, who is who I ended up going with. Uh, but, yeah, it was rough class if you took a corner in the first round this year. It's almost like – it's almost like Damon Arnett and uh, AJ Terrell. Oh, AJ Terrell didn't do horrible, but it's almost like Damon Arnett wasn't really that good, huh? Funny, but yeah, Trayvon. Hey, I mean, well, me. I mean, if we're gonna do that, I mean, Jeffrey Akuda yeah, was. And honestly, I was looking back at Akuda's production. I think 
I don't want to get into this like here, but I think the dude was a little overhyped uh, looking back on it just because of the school he went to. Like he was not like his key did like when I was just looking through his prospect profile compared to like Lattimore and Denzel Ward and all these other Ohio State guys, he definitely was like the bottom guy. Oh yeah. Ward was definitely Ward uh, in my opinion was the best out of the Ohio State guys. Yeah. Uh, So my opinion was it Ward. So Lattimore had the best like production, but when you scale it to the fact that he only played one year, I think Ward Essentially, it was the best in Lattimore. Too bad. Too bad Derek Stingley's just going to come in here and burn the whole world down. Derek Stingley, we were talking about him off air on what was it, Tuesday? Just nasty. Just even that name is such a football name, Derek Stingley. I think he's a junior, too. My other linebacker – oh, no, we already covered linebackers. Corners, uh, safeties, Winfield and Curl. Who else could go here? All you Jeremy Chin truthers. He picked up a couple – don't get me wrong, Jeremy Chin played well this year. I'm not saying he's bad, but Cameron Curl played better. And, yes, I know Jeremy Chin scored, like, four defensive touchdowns. He picked up a couple fumbles. Yeah, that's not cool. – and it was in the same game, too. Yeah. It was, like, back-to-back plays. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Again, Jeremy Chin is good. I just – I think Cameron Curl played better this year. I'm not – again, you guys – I feel like when you guys are listening, you hear me say Cameron Curl over Jeremy Chin, and everybody's like, oh, no, I like Jeremy Chin. I think he's going to end up being a better safety than Cameron Curl. Cameron Curl just played better this year. That's what that's what this is. It's the same thing when I say, oh, I think Fields is better than Wilson. You hate Wilson. No, I love Wilson. I love Wilson. Just because I say a dude's better does not necessarily mean I think less better dude is bad. That wraps yeah, it up. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, – I do want to mention my boy uh, Grant Delpit's coming back next year. Grant Delpit is. It'd be interesting to watch. That's uh, a what huge. What do you think about him? Um, let's actually. You know what? No, we can do this right now. Go ahead. We could close it. We could close it, it, it on uh, a Grant Delpit uh, future outlook in the podcast. It, it, uh, man, I really wish I could find out where um, my uh, model ranking is here. Here, provide entertainment for a sec. I'll get okay. it. But yeah. Um, so pretty much Wentz, we don't love the trade for Indianapolis. We love the trade for Philadelphia. Howie Roseman, get him back in my good graces. Justin Fields should be talking about over Lawrence, potentially not Zach Wilson. And yeah, a big, I think the only surprise thing that people might get shocked, Michael Walker, because I don't think a lot of people know his name, and Harrison Bryant probably over Cole Komet. Yes, Cole Komet was drafted higher, but Harrison Bryant was a no joke at a FAU, I believe. So, yeah, I mean, and another nice one. So I have some bad news. Uh, since this, like my draft model research was done to compare and like try to find out what correlated with good play, mm-hmm. the Grant Delta is not on here. Um, sad, sad <laughs> story. But you will, it'll be, you'll be happy to know that uh, Antoine Winfield does rate rather highly here. And um, Kyle Duggar played, was pretty damn good too. I know. We were talking about this before when we were coming, when we were talking about our list together. I was saying, I was kind of a Kyle Duggar guy. He, I just don't think he played enough snaps this year. I am really excited to see him in New England. Though. Like, that's going to be a fun guy to watch out for. This was actually a really solid safety class and i think next year's is going to be kind of similar where there is no derwin james in this class but you have a lot of guys who are going to end up being solid safeties for their careers you know you have winfield Whoa, okay hold up here one thing how the hell was jonathan abram and how the hell were jonathan abram and terrell edmonds first round picks but yeah yeah but winfield wasn't that <laughs> i still can't wrap my head around either one of those picks 
yeah, anyway, but yeah, I do agree. This is a pretty solid uh, safety class all around. Um, I really like uh, Morrig and uh, Javon Holland, and I think there are a lot of sleepers. If you want guys, like, because like if you want guys who have the versatility to go defend the slot, like this is the class for you. Yep, and you have a lot of you have two two dudes that were doing it at the Senior Bowl safeties that were playing in the slot. You had Divine Diablo, who is just this, you know, he's like 6'4", 220, I think, out of Florida, or Vatek. And then you have uh, my boy, Richie Grant, who can do it well, very well. Then you have guys like, uh, gosh, who's the other one? There's another one from, oh, Hamsan Nasruddin, I think could probably do it too. This is a really fun, I'm excited for it. Um, it's going to be coming out on Tuesday. I think it's going to be, what's the word in lieu does that mean like replacing i don't know I tried to sound smart uh of the podcast so we're gonna come on here i'm gonna do my top 10 on tuesday and then pretty much what friday is gonna be is justin is gonna come on here and either shit on my top 10 list or praise my top 10 list and then we're gonna get into a little bit of the guys outside of the top 10 so some of the deeper guys you know that maybe weren't in the top 10 but we see having some upside some guys it'll be essentially analyzing the list on friday sound solid Sounds pretty dope. Yep. So, yes. So, podcast on Tuesday, but it's also, it'll probably be best consumed as a YouTube video. So, probably check it out there. And then Friday will be essentially a recap and a review of that. That will probably be for uh, one week. And then we're going to see and decide from there. If you guys have anything you want us to talk about on the podcast, make sure you guys just send me or Justin a message and let us know. We'll talk about pretty much whatever. It's kind of in that weird period where, oh, uh, free agency. We can talk about free agency the week after the next. But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed. And just remember, Carson Wentz is not that good of a quarterback in Philadelphia. Absolutely robbed. Robbed the Indianapolis Colts. So when you're watching ESPN and Good Morning Football tomorrow morning, just know if they're saying different, we told you. We told you. We knew what they were going to say. <laughs> it's Blake Simmons and Justin Dunbar. Peace and love.